episode of Dowry. Finally, it's here. Uh, the AFC Asian Cup final between host nation Qatar and surprise team of the tournament, Jordan. It's the all-Arab final many had hoped for, but dared not expect. Well, it's happening, and it's happening on Saturday, na- Saturday night. Sorry, uh, With me, as always, is Arab News Sports Editor Ali Khaled. AK, before we get into the continent showpiece final, uh, Riyadh's been host to a few high-profile matches of its own recently. Yeah. Um, hi, uh, Peter. Good to be back. Um, yeah, so mm. obviously, uh, you know, last pod we spoke about uh, Saudi's um, elimination uh, as it happened. Yeah. Uh, Lionel Messi and Inter Miami came into town for the wow. Riyadh Season Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of expectations, obviously a lot of excitement to see Messi. Um, the mini tournament included Al-Hilal and Al-Nasser. Didn't really go too well for the for the World Cup winner or the MLS team. Uh, to be honest, it was overall quite disappointing showing from them for for several reasons. They lost an opening match. Uh, their opening match four three to Al Hilal. Quite an exciting match, you know, as friendlies go. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, Messi scored a penalty. Luis Suarez scored. They were three one down. Made, turned it back to three three. But you know, Al Hilal won in the end. Uh, go by Malcolm uh, winning the match. So you know, I, I suppose that was. Uh, Bit of excitement for the um, Hilal fans, uh, but it was it was the next match that was really disappointing in many ways. Uh, despite a big win for the local team, it was Al Nasser against um, Inter Miami, and it was, the match was dubbed the last dance. Cristiano Ronaldo against Messi potentially for the last time and all that, but you know Cristiano Ronaldo was injured, so he didn't play at yeah. all. Messi sat on the bench till the last few minutes came on. Um, you know, Al Nasser won six nil. You know, it, so I suppose you know it, it was a last last slow dance then. You know, very very slow dance. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, the six nil. I suppose Al Nasser fans would be happy with that. But uh, a mm. lot of uh, a lot of fans were very disappointed not to see the two sure. um, two rivals. I think uh, also uh, we did some interviews um, at Arab News. Some fan, and obviously, you know, uh, on social media, a lot of people are saying that we paid a lot of tic- uh, money for the tickets. Uh, some people traveled from, from, you know, from other cities and even from uh, from outside uh, Saudi Arabia to watch the game. So not to see uh, the two rivals was quite disappointing. Messi just for a few minutes, and you know, obviously, Al Nasser thrashed them six nil. Uh, it's uh, it was you know. It, it is early days for Inter Miami in their preseason. Uh, the season starts on February 21st, but still, it was quite disappointing. I mean, what, what that meant was that the the last match of the the, the little the mini tournament uh, was between Al Hilal and Al Nasser. Hilal needed to win. Al Nasser could do with a draw or win, of course, because of the goal difference. In the end, uh, Al Hilal won two nil goals by Sergei Milinkovic Savic and uh, Salim Adosiri, who celebrated in. Uh, usual style with a uh, somersault. Uh, great stuff, you know. So, yeah, I mean, look, it, it meant quite a bit to the players. At the end, the celebrations, you know, you sure. know, it, you know, it uh, it showed that it was it wasn't just a friendly for them. Certainly, when it comes to playing on Nasser. So, yeah, um, that was that was quite good. So, 
yeah, I, I suppose an, uh, a good end to the tournament for Al Hilal, but, oh, but I think it will be remembered a little bit for, you know, sort of the Ronaldo Messi no show. And you know what, Ali? At the end of the day, we, we probably we could on another podcast talk, talk about this with organization and big games and big names. Sometimes they, we, we forget the industry that we're in, which is entertainment, and, and that's what the fans were expecting. But hopefully, hopefully, there will be another chance. But as I say, it is an entertainment business. Look, let's move on to positive stuff uh, because, of course, uh, this weekend's AFC Asian Cup final in Doha. Uh, we might have muddled up many of our predictions along the way, uh, but you must be happy with the two teams that are in a final. What a story! I'm very happy, Peter. You know, like we, I think, uh, you know, the, the the performances of the Arab uh, teams, the Arab nations, has been a bit up and down. As you know, I predicted Saudi Arabia to win. I really thought they were uh, the strongest of the Arab nations, probably. You know, in a way, they still are, you know, but uh, uh, in the end, I mean, we, we went in depth last week about uh, uh, their exit, so we won't go into it too much, you know, but look, sure. I mean, you know, the, the, in, the 20, in a 24-team tournament, there were 10 Arab teams in, in the group stages. Eight of those made it into the round of 16, which was very good. Should have been nine, really, because Lebanon were just seconds away, uh, you know, from qualifying as well, and that would have been incredible. But, uh, you know, eight was very good. But then from the round of 16 to the, the quarterfinal, you know, o- you know, only two of the eight uh, went through. So that was very disappointing. However, in the mm-hmm. next, you know, those two have persisted and are now in the final, you know. Look, the semifinals, uh if, I mean, Jordan, really heroic stuff. You know, I mean, who could have thought that, they, that even at that stage, with all, with all the, um, um, the surprises they've thrown our way, we re- I didn't think that they'd be able to go past South Korea, uh, but they did, yeah. and they took a 2 nil lead. Incredible hit, result. Know, what a journey. Incredible result. Two fantastic goals. Uh, Tamari was, was brilliant, you know, like with an assist and a, and a goal. Hit, kept hitting uh, South Korea on the break and defended really well. And then the next day, Qatar, uh, you know, obviously beating Iran. Really fantastic game, you know, like a match for the ages. They were off their feet. When the final whistle went, they could barely celebrate. They were so tired. 13 minutes of injury, of stoppage time that they had. Look, um, our guest... Uh, who will be joining us very shortly, wrote a brilliant piece this morning about Qatar's redemption. Spoke about, like, obviously they're the reigning champions, Asian champions, but, uh, um, you know, the disappointment of the, the World Cup, their poor performance really has been hanging over them. And uh, we're going to have him on shortly uh, to discuss... Um, um, you know, to, to discuss that redemption, obviously discuss the final. Uh, also, Peter, you know, I think having, um, you know, an all-Arab final, you know, brilliant as uh, on its own, of course, um, you know, shows, uh, you know, a healthy uh, um, state of Arab teams, shall we say, on the, inter- on the international stage. It does. Despite... It sends a message, Ali. It sends a yeah. big message. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, like I said, you know, you know, going from eight to two uh, from the round of sixteenth quarter was very disappointing, and I really thought, you know, here we go again. But you know, like uh, Jordan and and Qatar have carried, you know, have carried that forward, have carried that forward forward. And also, look, let's not forget, you know, um, in Saudi Arabia, we're you know seconds away, you know, really seconds away from uh, from beating South Korea. It could have looked could have looked very very different, but you know that happens. Um, uh, just a quick mention, also that you know. Uh, we already mentioned it last week, but 
the performances of the Arab teams in the Africa Cup of Nations has been very poor, yeah. you know. Egypt and the three North African countries, like, really, really majorly disappointed. Uh, so, again, you know, like having an all-Arab final for fans of Arab football, of course, not, not necessarily everyone will be happy with that, but uh, for fans of Arab football, it, it is a bit of a, uh, you know, comeback uh, from what we, uh, at a certain point, both tournaments uh, looked like, um, you know, you know, more, the Arab teams were performing pretty poorly. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a comeback. Great for us. Great stuff. Listen, you mentioned the last dance and two heavyweights. Let's do the same uh, with two heavyweights of, of, of the football reporting industry. Uh, it is time for the last dance. And a perfect time to bring in our guest, the one and only Paul Williams of the Asian game, along with our very own Ali Khaled. Uh, welcome back, Paul. Thank you very much, Pete. Too kind. <laughs> Paul, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing well, Ali. How are you, mate? I'm very good. We have to talk briefly about, uh, um, well, I mean, you know, we, uh, your boys, Australia. Um, how did you see the ultimate disappointment, but performed well at, at certain points in the tournament? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to, to analyse, really, Australia's performances and their results because results wise it was a pretty good tournament um you know a little bit like you're talking about with South Korea before uh oh sorry Saudi Arabia before against South Korea Australia were you know in a similar position they were 90 seconds away from from holding on before you know South Korea got the the penalty as well um and I think you know just briefly on South Korea I think that performance flattered them given their performances at, at this Asian Cup to get all the way to the semi-final on paper looks like a good result, but I don't necessarily think their performances deserve that. Um, Australia uh, performed okay in the group stage. They got the results they needed. I don't necessarily think the performances were there. They had a 4-0 win over Indonesia, which is a result I think probably flattered Australia a little bit. I think that's probably more of a 2-3-0 result on paper. Still a comfortable result, but I don't think that the heavy score line reflected um, the ease with which Australia had that game. Um, and that, funnily enough, their best game of the tournament probably came against South Korea in the quarterfinal, which was the one game they went on went on to lose. It probably allowed Australia to play a little bit the way this team likes to set up and play more on a, a counter-attacking foot um, rather than having the ball they like to, um, you know, spring, um, uh, spring the opposition and play into spaces. And they were able to do that against South Korea. They should have put the game to bed. Uh, much earlier, in which case they would have had a, a semi-final against Jordan, um, and, and what a story that is that we'll get on to. But um, as it was, Son Hoog Min, um, the the master that he is, pulled it out of the fire for for South Korea. So a, a disappointing result. I think Australia's probably minimum expectation was to make the semi-final, so they've fallen short of that again. So um, it was a disappointing tournament in that respect, but I don't think it was disastrous. I don't think they've come out with. Um, you know, too many questions about the direction they're heading. I think generally they're heading in the right direction. They've just got to sharpen up some areas of focus. Also, Paul, I mean, you mentioned that uh, they should have put the uh, uh, game to bed. Really, some of the chances that went missing. I mean, like you know, mm. um, you know, not. I'm not blaming like some people on social media. I'm not blaming any of the players and all that. They really was just like so the, the, the diving header and and some of like the saves. Yeah. You know, that South Korean. It was unbelievable, and I think that's slightly different. Needs to be mentioned here. Like, and I mentioned Saudi Arabia were really, really close. Well, Saudi Arabia, you know, where we're holding on to the one nil win, weren't really creating anything. They were like, you know, mm. sort of defending for their lives and all that. While Australia you know, kept going forward and really, I mean, some of those 
uh, Peter, I'm sure you've seen them as well. You know, some of those chances that, that you know, you know, the, the diving header, the double save yeah. or triple save even by, I can't remember, by the, by the goalkeeper. Just incredible. And absolutely at 2-0, I think the match would have been over. So, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah. uh, as you say, you know, I, I think it would have been a deserved uh, semi-final uh, place for Australia, I think. And, you know, in hindsight, looking back, you know, obviously you always think that, <clears throat> you know, what teams do improve as they go along. Sometimes they win while not playing well. But overall for South Korea... Um, disappointing. Despite getting to the final, as you say, I think it's flattered them. Yeah, it definitely flattered them because I think they only won one of their games in in regular time. They shipped 10 goals throughout the tournament as well. So uh, they got through more on individual brilliance from some players like Son Hong-min and Lee Kang-in, more so than any, you know, particularly fantastic play. Um, there's a lot of pressure now on on Jurgen Klinsmann, who has upset a lot of people uh, in Korea and across Asian football more generally for his um, perceived poor attitude. Um, you know, he was caught smiling after, they, uh, after Malaysia equalised um, against them. Um, they lost again, obviously, to, to Jordan in the semi-final and was pictured smiling and laughing after that game, which has angered a lot of people. He arrived back in Korea and was um, abused at the airport by fans um, who told him to, to leave. There's a lot of fans that, that want him sacked who don't think he should be coached. He's under a lot of pressure. Um, and on, on paper, a semi-final result looks good for them, but I think it flattered them given the performances they had. And I think, unlike Australia, I think they do come out of this with some questions of the direction that they're going in because while they have the individual talent and they probably have the, the best um, array of talented players um, when you consider Son, Lee Kang-in, Huang Yi-chan, Kim Min-jae, um, you know, absolute elite players. Um, the question mark is the coaching and the direction they're going in because with that group of players, they should have done far better at this tournament. Contrast Jürgen Klinsmann's reactions, smiling and, you know, like sort of almost, you know, shrugging uh, the defeat away with uh, uh, Son, who in the interview, I'm sure you've yep. seen it, Paul and Peter, you know, in the interview, uh, looked absolutely dejected. The post-match interview, absolutely dejected. Did not raise his gaze from the, you know, he's like out of respect mm. uh, for the fans and all that. He just, he didn't even look at the camera. He was just looking down on the ground. Talking to, he looked absolutely dejected. And you could see what it meant to him, you know, an absolute legend, uh, uh, Son. You know, we all love him. Um, yeah, I think big questions on Jürgen Klinsmann. They should be doing better with, with that array of talent. Paul, I want, to, I want a couple of quick questions before we move on to the semifinals and the final. Um, what match do you think? I mean, there's been some really, really exciting matches, you know, like Iraq-Japan was brilliant, you know, and, you know, and uh, obviously Iraq-Jordan was dramatic. And all that. What, what match, has, match or matches have really stood out for you? It's hard to choose. There's been yeah. so many. It's been a phenomenal Asian Cup Um in terms of the the drama on the pitch, the action off the pitch, in in terms of the crowds as well, the Iraq Japan one is one that immediately springs to mind because of the I guess the shock of it that no one was necessarily expecting Iraq to do that. The atmosphere in the stands it was heaving. It was a capacity crowd that day as well, and a beautiful um, sunny afternoon in in Doha. That match just had everything um, and, a, and a fantastic game of football to boot. Um, in terms of in terms of drama, um, it's probably hard to go past. I think the Iraq Jordan game, just and, and probably the, the specifically the final probably fifteen minutes of that game. Of course, Jordan went ahead. Iraq did well to get back and take the lead, and then 
Ayman Hussein getting the red card for the, the elongated celebration really flipped everything on its head because you thought at that point Iraq looked like they were home and hosed. They were going to get out. They were going to escape. Um, it looked like they might be in trouble in advance. And at that stage, they were one of the favourites to to go all the way. Um, and I think the 94th minute, they still led 2-1. Um, and then two goals in the space of about 90 seconds to Jordan just completely flipped the script and completely flipped the tournament on its head because I don't think at that point anyone had fancied Jordan to to go as deep as they had in this competition and suddenly with that win it completely opened up for them with Tajikistan up next in the quarterfinals but um, when Alrashtan scored that that second to put them 3-2 up um, I had to lift my jaw off the ground I literally sat on the couch with my jaw wide open for about 30 seconds, just disbelieving what had just happened. Um, it was it was remarkable action, but we've seen that across the competition. Um, there's been plenty of penalty shootouts. We've seen, as you said, the heroics from South Korea twice against Saudi Arabia um, and Australia. And it, while it wasn't as tight necessarily, the way Jordan then dispatched of South Korea too, the, the manner in which they just controlled that game and the, the manner in which Altamari and Al Naimat just just completely dominated up front. Um, yeah, it's it's been a spectacular tournament. There's there's plenty of games to choose from. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, for me, Japan-Iraq was an incredible match, as was uh, Jordan-Iraq. And the third one for me uh, is uh, is one of the semifinals, which we'll get on to, you know, the host nation against Iran. What a match, you know, an absolutely incredible mm. uh, match. So we're, we're going to get on to that. And to be honest, I mean, my second question was going to be, like, who, what players have stood out? Pretty sure you and I will have similar opinions on them. Now, again, having reached this stage, probably two players who are playing in the final. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a, a bit of a selfish plug, but I've just written a piece for, for our website, The Asian Game, on that very matchup. Uh, Musa Al Tamari and Akram Afif, who have been the two standout players of this tournament for, for their respective sides. And we're going to get to see them go head to head in the final, which is just an incredibly exciting prospect. They play on a fifth just floats around the pitch. He's almost given license to roam and go wherever he wants. Notionally, he starts on the left. Musa Altamari generally starts on the right. So it is, in a lot of ways, it is a head-to-head battle, but literally head-to-head battle. They will be often on the same side of the pitch going up against each other. Um, you know, different type of players. Akram Afif is... He's got the he's got the touch, he's got the guile, he's got the vision, the passing range. Um, whereas Musa Al Tamari is is powerful and dynamic and runs at defenders. And um, uh, I wrote that he gives you know every defender you know cold sweats because he does what every defender hates and he just runs at them with speed with the ball at his feet. And you know the goal that he scored against South Korea, where he took it from his own half and just sliced through the the absent Korean midfield um, and, and went on to score an absolute stunner. He could have done it two or three times in that game. Um, we did exactly the same thing, just the finish wasn't there. There was a block or a save. But, yeah, we're in for a hell of a show in the final to see these two stars of Asian football go up against each other. And it, it's pro- probably not the two stars we thought would be on this stage. You thought, you know, we might be talking about a, a Son or a, a Tokofusa Kubo, Lee Kang-in, perhaps one of those players on this stage. But, um, you know, Musel Tamari, who often gets overlooked, who's doing fantastically well in Ligue 1 um, with, with Montpellier, gets overlooked what he's doing in, in European football. And, and Akram Afif, we know how good he's been um, 
He had a disappointing World Cup, but he's showing everyone again the undoubted talent that he has. There's a reason um, he was an Asian Player of the Year and an Asian Cup MVP, and he's just reminding everyone of why that is. Brilliant stuff, Paul. I mean, you know, as you say, slightly different players, you know, but, you know, in a way, both of them have a bit of Mo Salah about them, you know, like, you know, obviously, mm. uh, you know, uh, uh, Musa Tamri has really been compared to Salah quite a lot because they've got, they both lay on the right, both have that left foot, you know, even his finishing, the way he runs, he cuts inside, like he curls yeah. the ball, very Salah-like. Uh, I, I think with Afif, obviously, you know, the hair notwithstanding as well, you know, like cuts, cuts inside from the other side, you know. Uh, and, you know, you can see that, and, and I make that comparison, you know, with Salah because obviously he's by far the most high-profile Arab footballer mm. in the world uh, over the last few years, probably ever, you know. But it shows that those two, uh, that there is, there is Arab talent that can be as good, you know, or can be, mm. can play on, on the international stage as well, you know, like, uh, you know, um, I think obviously uh, Tamri is already in France, but you know, like it shows Afif whether you know he has the interest to go into Europe or not. You know, these are you know this is talent that could, you know, given the opportunity, yeah. you know, be as successful as uh, Salah has at Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. And and you and I both know, uh, particularly you know, um, Arab players from the AFC more so than Arab players from from Africa. But it's it's never been the talent that's in question. It's the desire to actually go and and do it because the conditions here um, are so good for them. And often, so many of them are, are comfortable playing in their surrounds. You think of someone like Omar Abdurrahman. We know he undoubtedly had the talent to go and and play at a higher level in Europe. Um, so it's great to see Musa Altamari's has done that. I'd love to see Akram Afif do it. He's obviously done it before in the past, um, spent the last couple of years back in, in Qatar. I'd love to see him go again. He's 27, turning 28 this year. So it's if it's not now, it's probably never, it's going to be never. Um, he's He's got the talent. But it was it was interesting you mentioned the comparisons with, with Mo Salah. And Moussa Tamari was asked about that after the game. What does he think of being called the the next Mo Salah? Um, and his response was that uh, he's the next Musa Altamari, um, which I'm not sure, quite sure is you know technically correct because he is Musa Altamari, can't be the next <laughs> one. But um, it, it, it shows the it shows the I guess the belief he has in himself. He doesn't want to be the next Mo Salah. He wants to forge his own path um, and and create his own identity. And I think he's a long going a long way a long way to doing that at this tournament. Fantastic. And uh, uh, Paul, you know, like we're, we're talking about him. We're talking about Jordan. I think, you know, by easily the surprise package of the tournament. Absolutely. They, I don't think anyone predicted this coming into the tournament. I think people thought they might be able to make it out of the, the group with, um, you know, South Korea, Bahrain, Malaysia. When you looked at that group, you thought, yep, Jordan could get out of that group, but probably most people thought the round of 16 would be their their ceiling. You look at their lead-in form, and their lead-in form was, you know, quite terrible, really. They had um, – you look back on it now, and, and some of their warm-up games, they lost to Lebanon, which you look back at this tournament now, and you think, how is that possible? But they lost to Lebanon um, in a warm-up game, and they will smashed 6-1 by Japan in, in a game, which I think – was a behind closed training game more than anything. I don't think it was a it was an unofficial friendly, but it was still a, a six one result. You look at the the form that they've been able to display then and um it's remarkable to think how they've they've come through this tournament. But they're playing with such belief now. I think probably that that two all draw they had with with Korea in the group stage gave them enormous belief. Getting over Iraq then continued that belief and they're just riding the 
the wave of momentum now and it's carried them all the way to the final. I think they'll be, um, if you're not Qatari, I think you'll be, most people will be on the Jordan bandwagon because it's just such a remarkable story. We love the underdog story um, in, in football and, and sports. So I think a lot of people will be cheering on Jordan, hoping hoping for their success. Um, you know, we've spoken about um, El Tamari, but it's not just him as well. Yazan Alimat has almost been close to their best player um, up front, an absolute wizard as well. Ali Olawan was suspended for the, the semi-final, but he comes back in. I've been very impressed with him. That front three are very dynamic. And, and someone like Yazan Alara, but the, the back as well, who's come forward, chipped in a, a couple of goals, but just looks like an absolute beast at the back defensively as well. Um, they've been an unbelievable story. And um, it's probably 50-50 as to, to which way it goes. But on the form of the semifinals, I'd say they probably come in as just slight favourites too. Incredible stuff. Uh, <clears throat> finally, Paul, uh, actually, before we get to the final question, uh, uh, yeah, good that you mentioned, um, uh, quite right that you mentioned all these other players, you know. Shouldn't forget that first goal against uh, South Korea, brilliant finish. Um, it was a great, uh, you know, assist, but like what a the, the lovely dinked finish. Um, so, mm. yeah, uh, absolutely. Like uh, it, it's, it hasn't just been about Altamari. Obviously, he has stood out, uh, but the whole team has performed brilliantly. Um, finally, Paul, I know you wrote this fantastic piece for us at Arab News about Qatar's redemption. Um, look, they were very poor at the World Cup. I mean, you know, whichever way, there was no spinning that. They were absolutely abysmal. Um, and But, you know, a lot of people shouldn't forget that they are still the, the reigning champions uh, of Asia, um, I think. And the, the, I'll let you talk about it. You know, the, the point you made in the piece is that, you know, they, the pressure during the World Cup, just they could not handle it, you know, but they learned from it. Indeed, yeah. There's the the old cliche that um, you either win or you learn. Um, and Akram Afif had some some comments after the the semi finals that they did. They learned a lot from the experience of the World Cup. They know that they failed and they failed um, abysmally on on the world stage. And they've been able to to go away and and learn from that experience. He said every tournament that they play and they learn. From the experience, um, and you know, they they came out from the World Cup with the tail between their legs, and their, their reputation sullied not just the the teams, but a lot of the the individual players as well, who just didn't stand up when the 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 biggest spotlight was on them. Um, and it and I wrote that it was going to take some time to rehabilitate that that reputation. But what they've been able to do this tournament is going a long way to to doing just that they are showing that they weren't just a flash in the pan in 2019 that they are a talented football team and they may not be they may not be at the level as they were in 2019 but what i think they've shown in this tournament um, and perhaps it's it's what they've been able to learn on the back of the world cup is a resilience that perhaps wasn't there in this team before you referenced that that semi-final against iran um you know, they, they went down in, in the fourth minute yet managed to find a way to not just equalise but to get ahead by half time. Then they conceded a controversial penalty again early in the second half but again found a way to get back ahead and lead 3-2. And then at the end, they were, there was a bombardment of, uh, of Iranian attacks. Um, and again, they managed to to withstand that pressure and, and hold on for a victory. And I think in the past, perhaps Qatar wouldn't have done that. And perhaps that shows that they have learned and they, they are learning and they are growing and, and developing on the, the back of that 
World Cup. Um, and and Hassan Al Haidos mentioned that as well in a TV interview after the game that yeah there is a there's a fighting spirit in this team now that perhaps wasn't there in the past and perhaps you know as as chastening as it was the experience of the World Cup might actually hold them in good stead and be good for them in the long run because it's perhaps humbled them a little bit, um, made them realise what they need to, to work on, what they need to develop. It's it's taken back down and, and grounded them and now they're building themselves back up again and, and showing everyone that the talent that they that they undoubtedly have. And um, you know, I had someone mention the other day, if you know they go on and win the title, they'll be the first side in, in two decades to win back to back titles and defend their crown. Only the fourth team in history to defend their title as well if they if they do so. And, and, you know, history, when they look back in, you know, 30, 40, 50 years' time, they'll just see that Qatar won back-to-back and think this was a golden period, this was a dominating period of uh, for, for Qatar in, in Asian football. So they stand on the the precipice of, um, of of history here, as do as do Jordan, but um, it's it's quite the moment for Qatar that they could really seal a legacy of um, of success if they go on and, and clinch this title and perhaps get some redemption for that World Cup showing. Fantastic stuff! Absolutely brilliant. Uh, so all that remains, Paul, um, after that is to is to is to get your predictions for the big one. Who, uh, after all of the expert knowledge, and, and it's fascinating, by the way, to hear such a great insight. Love it when you're on the show, but you are on the spot. So give me your prediction. <laughs> you love to do this to me every time I come. I on. do. Uh, it's it's so tight. It's so difficult to predict. Um, just on the basis of the the semi-final performances, I think Jordan's was a little bit more controlled um, and dominant than what Qatar's was, um, and it's the fairy tale story. So I'm going to say uh, Jordan two one to lift the Asian wow. Cup for uh, for the first time. Fantastic, um, brilliant, brilliant. I, I I didn't. I thought I thought you would go. I thought you may go the other way, but uh, loving the fact that you're you're going for the dream, uh, fantastic! Thanks again to uh, to Paul Williams of the Asian Games, uh, Ali. Ali, gotta say, uh, you have not brought your domestic prediction form to this tournament whatsoever. <laughs> there you go. I've said it. I've it's laid shocking. it out on the line. Here's it's your shocking. chance to redeem yourself. Who will be crowned champions? Honestly, just looking at Paul there, like how difficult it was for him, it is almost impossible to predict this one. I, I honestly one of the hardest, one of the hardest matches I've, I've ever like. You know, I've just been thinking about it over the last few days, and you know, I've, you know, Qatar obviously the champions playing at home, and like you know, look the two guys who, who disappointed at the World Cup, uh, Akram Afif and uh, Al Maiz Ali, you know. Mm-hmm back among the goals, you know, you would think, you know, they have to be favorites, but then I think of Jordan, I mean, you know, you cannot, you know, as Paul mentioned there, the momentum that must be inside mm-hmm. that camp, you know, the belief that must be, they, they, they must think that faith is on their side. You know, I think of like similar uh, situations, uh, you know, obviously the, the famous Iraq 2007, I think of Greece into, in uh, um, yeah, uh, in 2004, when nobody gives them hope, but you just keep going and going, and, and in a way, also like you know, Portugal in 2016, they're playing France uh, at home, and everybody thought France would win that, and again, you know, they they went through. So you know, like you can't really discount just the the, the sheer momentum of uh, of uh, Jordan and how much. Uh, what a drum roll going have. here, Ali. 
Yeah, yeah, I've, I've rambled on. You know, I'm I'm gonna go with Paul. I think, no. I, think Jordan, I, I think Jordan are gonna win. Uh, or you know, I don't say that with any like massive confidence, but I do feel like momentum with them, and I think like fate is on their side. I don't usually believe in these things, but um, um, I'm gonna go one nil. I think like it'll be a tight game. Maybe Jordan get their goal. Have to face a, a little bit of a you know, back to the walls uh, situation. We'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm most likely going to be way off here as I have been with everything else, but I'll go Jordan one and cut on nil. I think it sounds good for Jordan because our two footballing experts have both backed the same. So I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Once again, massive thanks go to Paul Williams of the Asian game. And of course, our very own Ali Khalid from Arab News. Uh, that's it from us. Uh, We'll see you all next week when we get back to the business of the Saudi Pro League and domestic football around the continent. But until then, enjoy what's going to be a massive weekend of Arab football and what a final. (laughs) 